Happy Monday. You know what that means? We are back in the Popcorn Talk studio for another episode of I Could Never Be. And I'm so appreciative for you guys for joining us. You're taking the first step to be able to achieve your goals and just to be able to take that next step in life. And that is what we're all about here on I Could Never Be, being able to help you see the journeys of the people that have achieved success, people that you looked up to, whether you see them on a TV screen or you go see them in concert or on a movie screen and you think, man, I would love to be this person. But then that voice in the back of your mind says, I could never be so and so because they probably had money. They knew someone. They just are not facing the obstacles that I'm facing. And boy, I could just tell you the stories that we've covered here in the past of people who have lived on couches, lived in cars, struggled, fought to be able to achieve the goals and be able to achieve the things that they've done. And you guys can do that exact same thing. And we're going to have another amazing story for you today. The actor who is in studio today, he is a fighter. He is a life fighter. And the number of stories that he has to share you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure that you continue staying tuned. As you guys know, I always start these show with some advice for a better life. And today's advice is that faith isn't a lack of worry. Faith is just a belief that the good will overcome whatever obstacle that you face. A lot of people say, oh man, if I have faith, then that means nothing bad's ever going to happen. Or that if I have faith, that means I'm never going to experience worry. That's simply not true. Worry is still going to be a part of life. Bad things are still going to happen, but faith is just that belief that good will always overcome those obstacles. So if you have that faith, that will help you conquer the worry and help you achieve everything that you want to do in your life. Today's guest, an incredible actor, just wrapped up another season on Orville, but he, before that, was known for The Wire, known for The Walking Dead. Again, one of the biggest life fighters I know, the things that he's overcome. So excited to talk with him. Please welcome Chad Coleman. Chad, thank you so much thank for joining you. us today, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, it, it's Monday. Do you always start your week like with – like are Mondays for you like a, a way to tackle the week? Do you look at Mondays as being like, all right, time to kick it into gear for the week? Uh, honestly, no. Every day is, is, mm-hmm. is an approach. Uh, the same approach every day, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I wake up, it's, it involves meditation, contemplation, excavation, mm. and then uh, moving into uh, workout, and that's how I start each day. So, How much time in meditation? Because you would tell me before the show that, that that's a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can tell anyone that it's experiential, so time is a man-made deal that's linear, so just have the experience. Mm. Uh, it, it varies. I don't time it. Mm. I just... I just close my eyes, turn turn inward, and have the experience. I like that. I like that. You're not putting meditation is all about not putting limits on things. So (laughs) why put a time limit? Like, oh, I got to do it for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That's correct because that's that's linear and that's you know the way most people approach things. Like two plus two. Like Mm -hmm. okay, well, it's not an equation like Mm -hmm. that. As uh, we have a vast inner life, anything could happen at any point in time. So just just. just fall into that experience and and uh, don't judge yourself and um, and, and self soothe and mm-hmm. you know and just allow what's going to happen to happen mm-hmm. you know but there is no expected outcome at all just have the experience trust me when you do it you'll <laughs> understand it no absolutely I do it myself and I know a oh, lot great. of other people yeah you just take some time and you're just like all right take a step back. And just be grateful for what you have in your life. For sure. Look at, around at what you are about to accomplish and just kind of take it in. Yeah. And let it take you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to congratulate you. Season two of Orville just wrapped up. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, great. I mean, did it, you guys watch? I hope you did. <laughs> do you, when a season ends, is, do you look back on the season or are you just like, all right, yeah, we made it through. It was great. Another good season. Well, you know what? It, it's a fascinating experience because we've been wrapped shooting. Yeah. So, uh, but to engage the show and go through it feels like we're shooting it again <laughs> for this one. Yeah. You know, so it felt, oh, it's over. <laughs> you know? And you have a little. It's so much fun. You have a little break now from uh, prosthetics and makeup. Yeah, <laughs> which know. is never a problem. You know, <laughs> I tell people it's an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the head is like a cowl or like you put it on a hoodie, the traps <laughs> and the head. And then they tack that around your the outer part of your face, the the eyes, nose, and cheek. It's just like putting on a Batman mask, mm. and then the chin. 
and then you just spray it. So it's K and B, you know, Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero of Walking Dead fame and, <laughs> and many other movies, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. They are the best in the business. So uh, Howard Berger was just knew how to be very efficient with it, especially for television, you know. It's not mm-hmm. like a film where you can be sitting in a chair all day. So uh, easy breezy, light is like uh, Nerf material. So, no, and that's part of why our expression and everything is able to come through so well, because we're very comfortable and they did a great job of putting it together. So that doesn't bother me at all. That show uh, created by Seth MacFarlane, you said you you enjoy having banter with Seth. You enjoy giving him a little grief. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the word I used. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the guy is so smart. He's so quick-witted. But he's also uh, low-key, mild-mannered, you know, Mm. and very much a collaborator and very interested in what you have to say and what you want to bring to it, but also very sure of what he wants. Is he on set as, I mean, is he as creative, like, on set as he is, obviously, probably writing it? Is he he wanting to have his hands in a lot of things on set? Oh, he does. I mean, that's just, it's his baby. And and I I don't say that, that. He's wielding, you know, the hammer. You know, no, it, it's it's incredibly collaborative, but um, a lot of thought has gone into it, and he's sure of the path, you know. And you love that. You you want an, an assured leader, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you also want a leader that communicates well, creates a really easy breezy environment, and let's get the work done. Let's have fun doing it, and that's what it feels like on the show. Looking forward, hopeful for a season three? What oh, it, no what doubt it, about it. I mean, I you know, there's nothing official, but, you know, we feel sure that that's what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, no guarantees. But if you guys love it, let them know on social media. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do it the way uh, The Expanse did it when, you know, and, and got Amazon to pick up. <laughs> so yeah. you guys make some noise out there and let, and let them know how much you love the show. It's a special show, and it should be around. So... We're, we're fingers crossed. We we we've heard some things, but I can't. You know, mm-hmm. you know how it goes. Where do you? I mean, where would you envision your character going in season three? Or how would you like your character to go in season three? <laughs> ah, that's an interesting question. You know, I he he's such a <laughs> traditionalist, if yes. you will. Um, I, I I'd like him to continue to encounter Earth's culture and the tension between he and his mate Bordis and. Um, and just surprise some folks sometimes, you know. Maybe he's maybe he's far more inviting and accepting yeah. of others, uh, uh, other things. Maybe, yeah. but in in a way that in very real time you examine the nature of a person who comes from that perspective. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's what I love most mm-hmm. about it. It's like uh, he's not afraid to show he's stuck in his ways. Yeah. This is our culture. Mm-hmm. This is who we yeah. are. So we he has know, a foundation. We know in the world that that is a real, mm-hmm. that's a very much a reality for some people. So let's keep examining. Let's keep, you know, uh, turning it from all sides to maintaining. He has a humanity about him that I love. So, you know, he's just not a curmudgeon about his culture. You know, he's, his heart. And um, so, I'm looking to see him put in other circumstances where he's challenged, and uh, and maybe you'll see some different outcomes, yeah. or you'll see some uh, a different type of growth yeah. from him. Absolutely, and again, go uh, comment on social media. I know that's huge. Like people, all creators, networks are always looking for comments on social yes, media. That's right. So go Absolutely. shout that out. And while you're there, uh, go check out Chad on social media at Chad L. Coleman. Uh, no, very active on Instagram and on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, uh, and go follow the Popcorn Talk, which we're so grateful to be here every single Monday. And then if you want to follow me after the show at the Only MC, uh, we're live here every single Monday on YouTube. You can comment. I know people are already in the chat. You can ask some questions in there. We're also on Apple Podcasts. If you guys would like to be able to listen during the week, or maybe you have a car ride, you want to be able to get some motivation, and inspiration. Also, want to shout out the Giving Keys, who I'm partnering with right now, which is an incredible organization in Los Angeles that seeks to employ people out of home. Homelessness. I actually got my first giving key several years ago, probably five or six years ago, an incredible organization. Each key has a word on it. I have courage right here on one and faith on another, just that daily reminder. Uh, and then I know you actually have uh, not the giving keys, but you have the, the Covenant House, right? You said yeah, you have a ring? Yeah, yeah. I, I, one of the kids over at Covenant House made some rings, and we were, just wanted to be supportive of mm. them and, you know, always wanting to see young people in um, precarious, uh, tough situations be able to come through. Um, You know, I'm a child of foster care myself, so um, always want to support organizations Mm -hmm. who are trying to help our young people um, 
you know, transition and into the to the working world yeah. or independence. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's a daily reminder too, which yeah, is good. I, I mean, that. you have it like you have it on your hand. I just have yeah. it around my neck. It's That's something right. that you're like, oh yeah, okay, absolutely. Let me absolutely. stick with that. Uh, obviously, you know, we talked Orville. Uh, Something that a lot of people know you for, The Walking Dead, still going strong, mm-hmm. coming back for its uh, its tenth season. Yeah, do you still watch and follow along with that show? Oh uh, no, I, ha- I haven't been. Um, you know, after Glenn and mm-hmm. uh, and Abraham, you know, uh, Negan smashed their yeah. heads in that way. It was just kind of <laughs> like, okay, that's enough for me. I get it. Thanks, I get it. Guys, <laughs> take care. <laughs> All the best. All the best. But they're coming back around to. Uh, more nuanced, um, uh, less extreme characters. Mm-hmm. You know, very. I, that's one of the one of the benefits and joys of playing Tyrese. He was a very real man. You know, mm-hmm. in in a very tough situation, and you felt his humanity, his sensitivity, all the things that all of us as just regular folk yeah. <laughs> that are gonna would I would imagine would go through. So they're getting back to, you know, more uh, nuanced character stuff again with uh, Angela Kang. And she was very much a part of, as a writer, very much a part of the, I would say, the glory years of, mm-hmm. you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, yeah. all of the seven, all of that. So um, so she's at the helm, proud of her. And, um, and and so I look forward to a change to where yeah. I'm. I, I peaked a little bit. I'm yeah. probably coming would back. You, would you ever want to come back if they did like a flashback or something like that? Oh, yeah. Some- no, definitely. Um, in a way, you know. I wrestle with that because I feel like Tyrese was the type of character just like enough said, hmm. done, yeah. leave it alone, yep. don't touch it. Let's just let's just remember that dude up against the door, gazing out that window, mm-hmm. and and it's a wrap for him mm-hmm. in one respect, but in another because I love the community down there, you know, and everybody involved. Are such great people to work with and 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 do the day to day thing with, yeah. I think I would I would it would be great to pop in. Yeah, I would I would love to pop in if it was like Sonequa and I something like before we got to the prison what mm-hmm. our life was like if if that was possible. That no, absolutely. Cool. Well, you never know. I mean, again, social media people go go take it there and there's always uh, people monitoring that and and just looking for various other storylines because again, with it can go in a various yeah directions. because that's what. Like, if you're gonna touch it, touch it from the standpoint of her and I. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. that's that's how I, that's how I see it. Like, yeah, you guys get a glimpse in what it was for us before mm-hmm. before the mayhem. <laughs> and you're also an all American right now, which yeah. is a, that's a that's a show I think that a lot of people can relate to. It's high school football. It's something that you know. People who have kids are relating to people who were maybe athletes. I know you were an athlete in high school. Yes. Do you fla- do you flash back of looking at you- yourself in high school when you're on that show? Well, you know what? More so, I w- even though I wanted to play football, I was a really little guy, so I, I ran track. You ran track and yeah, field, track yeah. and cross country, man. But uh, full same. But still, oh, okay, yeah. awesome, awesome. And but still, always at the football games. You know, it's mm-hmm. just such yeah. an ingrained part of the experience, and loved all of that. But more than anything else. Um, the fish out of water aspect uh, of it, with mm-hmm. him coming from mm-hmm. South Central mm-hmm. and having to deal in this new environment, yeah. And now he's in Beverly Hills, negotiate and... those both worlds. You know, mm-hmm. I always felt like that <laughs> in high school myself, just because you know I love theater, and yeah. <laughs> reading, and you know, uh, so it was always the the, the cool kids and you know <laughs> versus the nerds, and you know, I always felt like I had to negotiate between the two. Not not liking the labels as mm-hmm. we talked about before, and just wanting to be authentic and just be able to express myself in many different areas. So you know that aspect of the show is very very real, and um, they take on so much. You know, I love the take up mm-hmm. on of the family. Um, you know, different. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Class, you know, and and then the, I love Breezy's character. The whole. Uh, uh, lesbian rela- mm-hmm. love story and and the streets and you know they it's just, very authentic. That's it, and they yep. take on so much that's reflective of what's going on in society right now. So I think it's very right now, and um, and then it's just a great bunch of folks. Once again, the sweet spot is how are the people that you work with? Yeah, the work mm-hmm. that's awesome, but mm-hmm. what is the experience like going to work? Actually, is that something when you take on any role that you look at? 
Yeah, I mean, you want to know, of course, you always ask and you always get a sense of, like, what's it like mm-hmm. over there? Yeah, it looks cool, but, you know, what's that work environment like? What's the energy of the people like? And the sweet spot is always when everyone comes together with that positive energy and nobody's on the diva trip, you know, and everybody really appreciates the collaboration and the teamwork effort of the thing. That's how it's built, you know. So you got all different varying personalities, a lot of laughter. That's the key, really. <laughs> really just having a lot of fun with each yeah. other, you know. So when people are uptight, they tend not to mm-hmm. laugh. So no, and you, people you, who are uptight tend to get <laughs> mad when you're happy. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> true. They're like, uh, they're, they're jealous. They're almost jealous of that, like, <laughs> that inner happiness. A lot of, yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so when you can walk on a set and it be void of that kind of discomfort, it is a blessing. So. We're having a great time. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love how you, you mentioned uh, that this show obviously is very real of showing like the, the theater people and the athletic people, and there is that divide. Some shows obviously don't do that. You High School Musical and Glee and stuff like that. And right. it's like, it's, but I know, I think what you're talking about is in Richmond, where you grew up, is the same in Wisconsin, where I grew up. Like, those are two different groups in high school. That's correct. That's correct. So I was always that guy. <laughs> you're trying to have your foot over here, over here, and over here. Really? But I did, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I had to. T- I was bullied. I was bullied in, in high school for sure. Yeah, by both groups or by? Uh, no, no, no. That just, just the bully group. Hmm. Yeah, there was just a couple of guys that. Uh, I mean, from the time I was like five years old, all wow. the way, all the way until I graduated uh, high school, same bully. Hmm. One of them. The other one was just, I mean, these guys were just, I, I, can't, I can't even begin to wrap my head around why they were so angry and, but, and also just resentful and jealous of, you know, a kid who just wanted to learn and have fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, but that's the pathology in, in our community sometimes, man. That, and I'm sure it spreads to many others. You know, people just are having difficulties within themselves. And mm-hmm. so the only thing they knew, know to do is take that out on somebody else. Did but, that take you time to forgive them? Oh, for yeah. That? Oh, totally, man. Because, I mean, these guys were. You know, you just, it's always when you're just happy and skipping down the hall. No, I wasn't literally skipping down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm just trying to paint a picture here. I was just a happy-go-lucky yeah. kid. And all of a sudden, a fist drives in your back. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded with why this is happening. But I'm also very angry because I, I can't. I, I'm just physically unable mm-hmm. to to do anything, and I'm going to exacerbate it if I try. Mm-hmm. And they they knew that they were saying like, "Yeah, it ain't a d thing you gonna do about it." And it's just like, what do you do? But if I go to my big brother, if I go to the principal, it's, they're going to double down yeah, on me. It's going to so make it worse. It was a yeah, very yeah. precarious. So I just I took it and and mm-hmm. I just kept moving, you know. But I I hope that we can get to a point in our schools that we can eradicate it. I really do. Yeah, um, and when that gets back to what I said at the beginning of the show, and I complimented you before the show as well. I mean, you're a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like you are a life, fight. not like a physical fighter brawler, but well, like I you, played one yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah, you played one on the wire, but like life. Wise, I mean, like you're talking about, born in the uh, born two, three months premature. You said yes. I was uh, I was born at six months. I was two point five pounds swimming in alcohol because my mother was uh, consuming a lot of alcohol. She was in a lot mm-hmm. of pain, and uh, she that that was her self medication, and so it induced labor. And yeah, two point five pounds, man. Wow. Yeah, and bro. that that's I mean, yeah. I mean, a friend of mine said to me um, because it was almost like a full circle moment. Uh, later in my life, and I'm saying this is the show, so this is what we're talking about. Uh, um, so you can only imagine my mother had to have suffered from some form of depression. Mm-hmm. So things get handed to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember at a point in my life a couple of years back, and I said I felt like I was underwater. And, uh, and my friend, this wonderful friend, Jamila, she said, yeah, and you wanted to live again. You were a fighter. Mm. And the light bulb was just, it was so full circle, you know, Mm -hmm. from that little boy, the trauma of that to the trauma of dealing with depression and feeling like I was underwater and being able to emerge. But why did you emerge? Because I wanted to live. And that's directly Mm -hmm. tied to that little fetus. So 
It was very, very powerful. No one had ever said it that way before to me. And it just struck me like a lightning bolt. I was like, yes, that's it. And that that was huge. Um, And, and of course, obviously family, friends, Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, you know, um, trainers, um, very dear acting friends and things of that nature, community of people that were there for me. But uh, but you have to have that will, you know. You got to engage, and you got to, mm-hmm. you know, you got to fight. How long? How how soon did you start running? When you said you did track and field and cross country, was that junior high, just uh, high school, or? Uh, it was high school, hmm. and because my brother was uh, my brother, who was six years older than me, and who was like my GPS in life <laughs> back then of what to do and how to do it. Uh, he he told he he was running cross country. So he came to me as a, when I was a freshman, and the summer before my freshman year of, of, uh, of or maybe my sophomore year of high school, he came and said, I'm going to show you how to do it. So we spent the summer with him teaching me how to run cross country. I was never, <laughs> I was never as good as he was. That cross country is such a unique sport. I ran cross country in high school, and like I look back on some of the practices and days, and I'm like, what? Yeah. What was I thinking? Absolutely. That and I had that moment too when I decided <laughs> this is not for me. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> we, so the, the course went through the graveyard, and, <laughs> and you know I was just like, "What am I doing? <laughs> I've had enough of this. This is not for me. I'm not enjoying it." And you know the theater was calling, mm-hmm. so uh, so <laughs> I I employed a little acting and. Just got a rock and <laughs> scraped up my knee. Came back around. I was like, Coach, uh, man, I, I fell over there. <laughs> he said, boy. He said, boy, you, sometimes you come out here and run your way off. Sometimes you don't do nothing. And I said, you know what? The do-nothing part is <laughs> winning now. That's winning right I now. I got to go. You know, I didn't tell him. I just, I just left and... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. didn't look back. Theater well, was it, it, the theater has worked out well for yeah, you, and the acting yeah. has worked out well. Did you watch shows growing up? What led to your interest in theater? Um, you, you know what? I, In hindsight, television was shaping a lot that I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I wasn't intentional about understanding that at the time. But theater was the thing for me in school. You know, you're watching the plays. I mean, I wasn't even involved, but I was watching, and I would always say, like, that's not real. It should be real. And then I started hanging out with folks who were the, like, my buddy was the master thespian. Now, I was Mr. Personality and class clown and all of that, Mm -hmm. but they would encourage me to do it. And I was like, acting, how you do it? What are you talking about? You know, you kind of feign that you don't know what it's about. (laughs) But inside, I really wanted to do it. But strangely enough, there was a weird shyness there that I just wouldn't take the leap. So I went to the... I went to the theater. They were a part of something called the All City Theatrical Company, after school program. So I would go and watch them rehearse. And then I would say, come here. You didn't say that right. You should say it like this. And then when they went to do it again, they'd say it the way I said it. And the director was like, that's good. So I knew I was on to something. And then my friend, someone dropped out of the play. Uh, it was a musical, Wonderful Town. And somebody dropped out, and my friend darted over to the director and was like, Chad wants to do it, Chad wants to do it. And i never forget, he slammed the script, he slammed the script in my face. You're Frank Lippincott. I was like, okay, well, here we go. And from there, it was on. It was on. I the first did the first scene, and he's like, son, what are you doing? And I turned to the girl that was in the scene with me. I said, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, right? She was like, no. I was like, I don't know why he's doing that. He told me later he wanted to test me to see, ah, you know, if yeah. I had the intestinal fortitude to stay, that if you're dealing with a cantankerous director, which, you know, mm-hmm. where you where's your personality going to be one to run or where you going to, here's the fighter again. So, hmm. so yeah. And from that point on, we learned method and, as sophomores, juniors. Wow. Yeah. So Stanislavski, all of that group theater, you know, all of it. We learned it early on, so I was ahead of the game. But um, I had an out-of-body experience uh, doing a scene from A Raisin in the Sun, and that's when everybody was like, wow, how'd you do that? You know, the tears came mm-hmm. and everything. I, I lost myself in it, and so from that was it. I was I was hooked from that point. There's always the point when, you know, you have theater in high school and acting in high school to doing something at college because people – 
it's like following the arts. Do you yeah. want to follow the arts or do you want to do something in business that's or fair. something like that's a steady yep. Monday to Friday job? Yep. Did you have that that fork in the road path? Uh, no, for me, it was all in uh, with uh, theater because I was able to audition for Tisch School of the Arts at mm-hmm. NYU and mm-hmm. I got accepted. I'd never been on a plane before, never been in New York, and got my first time on the subway by myself from Harlem down to the village to to audition. <laughs> but I got in. So I was over the moon about that and incredibly excited. So from the time I was a sophomore in high school and had the out-of-body experience, I knew. That was it. I knew this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Now, the road there was a long and winding one. But, yeah, I was already – I was hooked. I was hooked from the, from that point on because it was – it was special, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really literally lost myself but stayed within the play. And they were like, how did you... I mean, they know how you do it. They they were going, mm-hmm. what were you thinking about? And I was like, he told us, <laughs> don't ever tell anybody your secrets. Yeah, so I never told anybody. I was how, thinking about my foster parents. <laughs> how did the how the Army come in? So what happened was um, I was awarded the court of the state of Virginia. Anybody in that position, which means you don't have legal parents. Even though I was living with my grandmother, she didn't adopt me. So anybody in that position was awarded a free scholarship to whatever school they got accepted in. I got accepted in NYU. Well, lo and behold, at that point in time, in 1984, Ronald Reagan took the program off the books. And so I ended up going to my hometown university, Virginia Commonwealth University, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing school, school. uh, just uh, for technique, great school. But I was already ahead of the game. So so I just didn't feel settled there. I wanted to be in New York so bad. So I said, well, let me just let me go in the military, get a vocation I can use while I'm in New York pursuing my career. So I went into, um, the. I was an audiovisual specialist. Mm-hmm. I was a cameraman. I did radio. I did TV. <laughs> I had a cushy job, man. <laughs> and it was a peacetime army. So um, yeah. so it turned out to be an amazing experience because I, I got to travel around the world and just took the scales off of, of how vast the world was and just excited and having fun and meeting new people and all of those experiences help you with character because you've met so many people. A lot mm-hmm. of things you read remind you of people that you've known. So that's what happened. And I said, um, you know, I did four years and then I, and then I went to New York. Do you, it's amazing that you, you talk about that. I think you hit on a good point of like the foundation because a lot of people look at things and they're like, why is this happening to me? I don't want to do this. I, I, you know, I'm sure for you, you're like, I, I never wanted to be in the Army. I never, like, maybe. And That's right. Yeah, but then it, it happened, but you grew from that. I and did. And that became a huge part of your foundation. But I, yes, but I also went to speak to my teacher about it, you know. Uh, I, said, I said, listen, um, I really want to go to New York. I, I told her what the plan was. I'm, this is the training I'm going to get. From the military, mm-hmm. so and as opposed to going to a communication school, um, she said, "Chad, you're not going backwards. As long as you're not going backwards and you're not stagnant, go for it." So then going in, because you know, um, I never bought into the <laughs> shining the boots and <laughs> pressing the uniform, all of that. But I was learning an amazing vocation, and I was traveling all over the world. So it was a, it was just an amazing experience for me. So it, and it informed me in ways I didn't know it would. But I was also working with guys who were photographers and stuff. They're artists. Hmm. They just happen to wear this uniform, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would do my monologues for them. You would still act in there. Yeah, there was really. Like, yeah, they, they're like, Coleman, do your monologue. Oh, Coleman, good. What you going to do, Coleman? You going where? You going to New York? All right, Coleman. Go ahead. Do it one more time. <laughs> you messed up a word. <laughs> you know? And then I studied privately at Howard University because I was stationed at the mm-hmm. Pentagon in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Vera Katz is one of the greatest uh, acting teachers uh, over at Howard of all time. She taught so many amazing people. So I studied privately with her. So I was always, it was never, you know, um, I was never far from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kept training and I kept it at the forefront of my mind, even though I was having a different experience in the army. I never stopped. And we made little movies and stuff ourselves, too. So I was always engaging it, you know. So I just kept 
I followed on through, and she told me she she said she wanted to offer me a scholarship to Howard, and she also said, "Did you ever think about television?" So she was the first one to kind of put that hmm. in my head. Before yeah. that, did you just want to do stage? Yes, it's oh. all it was about, bro. Broadway was the thing. Really? Yeah, man. I wasn't thinking about television or film like that. Um, even though I had experiences seeing certain movies, and I was on like you know how you do one of those PBS shows in your hometown. <laughs> yeah. And I learned a lot from that, too, because when I showed it to one of my uh, sergeants, he was like, mm, why do you sound like that? It's really contrite. I was like, okay, I get it. Yep. But that's the way they told me to talk. So it helped me understand naturalism, you know, in a way when it comes to the medium mm-hmm. of television and film. So yeah, I think everything was um, a learning opportunity, you know. Mm. Everything now, and looking back, all the dots, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the dominoes were falling, even when I didn't understand it, you know, but I had the passion and wherewithal to stick with it. For know? a lot of people watching this, you might not know, like, the difference between, obviously, TV and movie acting and stage acting. And yeah. almost being like, you almost think that they, they're just ABC, they go hand in hand. Is that not? No, I agree. I agree hmm. with you. It okay. just, it's just um, on the stage, I have to project because that guy in the back row deserves to hear it Got and see it, it as well. But in film and television, you bring the sound to me. I'm going to put this on you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, you just so talk you learn, normal, right. you just... That's all. To hmm. me. Hmm. Everything else, you're telling the story, and you're honest, and you're committed to that story. Mm-hmm. But the the, tech, the uh, technical aspects of it help to, you know, to did, tell the story. Did the military help you with, like... I was for any actor, dedication is big because mm-hmm. there's going to be sometimes you get the role, there's going to be some years that you don't get a role. Yeah. Did the military help with that dedication? Uh, I think the the discipline was, was I was not conscious of it because mm-hmm. even growing up in my foster home, my foster father was, uh, he was on us, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, no Saturday cartoons until you clean the backyard and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I always had a sense of discipline and understanding you got to do what you got to do. I always say, do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the approach. But yeah, of course, because I was in a situation where uh, there was times I didn't want to be there. And, you know, you had to connect with that intestinal fortitude to say, no, you committed to something, you're going to see it through. So it was that kind of thing. Uh, you first got, uh, you know, first big role, obviously, it put you on the map, was The Wire, mm-hmm. 2004. Yes. Do you remember your emotions when you got that role? Oh, I do, I do. It was it was unbelievable. I was, I, I said, I was on a national tour of a, a play called The Exonerated. I left that tour saying I have to get a television show because I had reconnected with my my I was separated from my wife at the time and we came back together in San Francisco. See, that that mm-hmm. town does things to you. <laughs> and so I said, um, I gotta leave guys. I left about eight more dates, you know, of the tour. I left, went back to New York. I didn't know that that was going to happen, you know. But you had nothing planned, nothing. No, planned. I just said, I just said, I got to get a TV show, and then then I got a call, and they said this show, The Wire, and I knew because Wood Harris, one of the stars, mm-hmm. was a former roommate of mine. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, he's the brother of Steve Harris. They're both yeah. wonderful actors and beautiful people, and uh, so Steve had gotten a show called The Practice at the time. He's like, Chad, you wanna you wanna take my space with my room? room with my brother I'm like yeah cool and then I, so I knew he was on the show and I had checked in on it you know a lot of times the actors we don't get the time to watch mm-hmm. really watch other shows because we're so mm-hmm. busy trying to get work and, uh, and then they said well we 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 don't have anything written yet but we know what this character who this character is and so, so when I went in initially just having the beard was a different look than everybody else so they said well we like that look we want to come in do the sides from another character. So I went in there and I tell you, here we go again, out of body experience. I forgot everything I was supposed to say, <laughs> and everything just came out. So you know that's as close <laughs> that's as close as you could get. But I had gone over and over it so much, you know, leading you up to it. the it was there, it was in me mm-hmm. completely and absolutely. And I and they said, um, no, I I did it. I made the um, they gave me an adjustment. And when they gave me the adjustment, she said, okay, action. 
then everything went. I forgot. I, I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. And then it just came out. Hmm. And then they were like, okay, awesome. We'll see what HBO has to say. And like a week later, HBO was like, yeah. So it was like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And having a family and, um, you know, it was like, you know, you know the anxiety of mm-hmm. being an artist and having to take care of your family like that. You don't you don't want those tough, lean times. So uh, so it was exciting. And then I was going to Baltimore, family and stuff, and grew up in that area. You know, they call it DMV now, mm-hmm. but yep. it wasn't tri-state area. So it was like going home in a way. And um, the role to be able to play this guy was really, really gratifying because I know so many cutties. You know, I root for the Cuddies. Mm-hmm. I root for that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. may have started out wrong in one way, but I believe in redemption, mm-hmm. and um, and I believe everyone can change. So it was a great opportunity to take something on in a very real way. This man, watch this man change his life, and mm-hmm. where he was a menace to his community, become something of you know to be able to help the people mm-hmm. in the community. And I love roles like that too, because like that conveys something. Obviously, you learn something from that but so did everyone else watching hopefully it allows you to take that in and be able to really see that character whereas instead of just picturing that character and envisioning that character you see that character on tv that's what i say in very real time you go Mm -hmm. like and maybe now and that also afforded me the opportunity to open up dialogue with guys who can be you know kind of in a shell or a cocoon, and they're they're not going to really talk to you, you know. So they were proud of the representation. They mm-hmm. were willing to open up and say, "Hey, man, that was me. That was my life. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Thank you." And and that was the first time I really felt the responsibility of you know being an actor. Really felt like okay, this thing is 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 it's deep and far more impactful than just being successful, you know. Do you feel pressure to live up to certain roles or to certain expectations for shows or positions? Um, do I feel pre- Yeah, I mean, uh, um, you always want to do your best work. Um, pressure. N- now, no. But before, yeah, sure. Hmm. You know, I would... You know, whatever it took, I'm going to do it, you know. And I, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself, you know. But as you grow and you realize you've been given a gift mm-hmm. and you're really good at it, relax. <laughs> it's easy. You got I, it. <laughs> I always say you got to care enough to be professional but not care enough to be yourself. That's right. Yeah. 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 So that's when you – and that, that means you got to know yourself well. Then you got trust. And there goes that faith part again. Mm-hmm. You were given this gift for a reason. So you mm-hmm. don't... But then, you know, the, the competition and the capitalism can get you in a mode of thinking you got to prove. You know, even in the in our program, there it was very competitive. So, you know, that that's just, again, here comes the fighter, you know. But at a certain point, you realize, no... There's an ease to this. Mm-hmm. You've worked really hard. You are an uh, ultimate professional. You're not going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. Yeah. So let's, let it just be about the story, not proving how talented you are. Just tell that story. How do you uh, – how did you – specifically grow as an actor I mean from like 2004 to now obviously mm-hmm. you've had a lot of big roles mm-hmm. and I, I think and I think I used to think this of like oh they have this big role and then they're just doing the roles like are you still training are you still how are you trying to better yourself as an actor in, in the last 15 years well I've, I've been I've had so much on the job training mm-hmm. that and then I also participate in theater groups with friends like the Global Artists League with my friends um you know, I write stuff. I'm always reading, you know. But I also have found, honestly, that working on myself has made me a better actor. Hmm. How so? What do you mean working on yourself? Meditation. There's, there's a level of relaxation that I bring to the work now that the story just comes through clearer. There are less distractions, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's primarily it. The more hmm. relaxed you are, 
the better actor you're going to be because more can come through you. So I, I think more than anything else, also, it's just, it's just honestly, man, working on myself, the humility and, 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 and learning that there were areas of growth in my life. I am the instrument as the artist. So if I grow as a person, you're going to grow as an artist too. Listening. I I, I hear, I used to, you know, I'm an act. Mm -hmm. I'm an actor. (laughs) And I was acting, man. (laughs) And I I don't mean that disparagingly because, you know, I'm fortunate to be very talented. Mm -hmm. But man, when you learn to really listen and you really, really get as close to as you can to I don't I don't have a clue what I'm going to say I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen I'm just mm-hmm. like me and you we don't know you're reacting it's, a that's lot of correct times. yeah because you're listening now and you're engaged and then when I start to understand energy how to bring energy to a room you know even before the words mm-hmm. I think oh I think getting to know myself brought a much more open relaxed person to the role. So then there's even more transformation that can happen from what the writer has written. Who uh, who did you look up to? Who are your mentors of yours? And this um, well, first journey. of all, my brother, Donald Coleman, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, because Donald was the first one that kind of introduced a play. He's in a play. Mm-hmm. What's a play? <laughs> you know, and he was the one that introduced that you could do this because we were on the back porch one day and I he, he was playing with me and he pushed me and I, fake, I exaggerated it. To the point where he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, man, you should be an actor. So um, him for sure. Uh, people like Sidney Poitier, um, Howard Rollins, before Denzel, you know, even Denzel, um, Gary Oldman, you know, folks like mm-hmm. that. James Earl Jones. I saw you tweeted out about uh, John Singleton. Yes, of course, man. I mean, obviously, come on, Boys in the Hood. Come on. Mm -hmm. Did you work with him, or was he a no? I just just, met him. I just, you know what? And and I'm glad you brought that up because it was. I have. I was such a kid in the candy store, (laughs) and he said, "Man, I love your work, and I want to work with you." I was like, "John." That's awesome. Really? Yeah, I was. I was. I was floored, man. I was. I mean, I. I. Guess I could have done a little math equation, The Wire, mm-hmm. John Singleton. I'm yeah. pretty sure, probably, I guess, but I never like to take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know. The man can look at you mm-hmm. like, and you are, <laughs> <laughs> which has happened many times before. Get your ego in check. But sincerely, um, rest in transition, brother, um, it meant the world that he said. When he said that, I'll tell you, my, you know, who friend who was with me was like, look at you. Yeah. Are you blushing? Like, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. ooh. I'm like, yeah, I am. Because he was a masterful storyteller and I wish I'd had the opportunity to work with him for mm-hmm. sure. What roles do you take now? I mean, is there a way that you look at what roles you want to take? And I know obviously you're doing uh, certain documentaries and, and other things that really have a, a deeper meaning. I, I'm always looking for the deeper meaning, complex, you know, people, human beings, we're fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, very seldom are any of us just <laughs> simple, one plus one equals two, yeah. you know, so I'm always looking for the story that appreciate the complexity of life and the beauty of the complexity, mm-hmm. you know, I like the hard stories, you know, yeah, no black and white, no, you know, the villain and the good guy. No, it's uh, we're all a, a, a mesh of all of it, you know, and it's just a series of choices and situations and circumstances. So I'm always looking for uh, complex stories mm-hmm. to tell, which is one of my own. Um, I did my first short with um, called Wish Lab Inc., and uh, so I'm looking forward to that's a part of the mm-hmm. growth as well, starting to produce. And um, so we have an exciting, you know, multi-layered story to tell about two fascinating people. And there's aging and cloning involved. So, <laughs> Well, I can see that, too. Like you're talking when you were younger, you're just sitting in the sideline being like, say it this way. Why don't you do it this way? Like you said that I immediately was like, well, he's definitely had tasks to be doing some directing or producing yeah. there. Yeah. And people would constantly have, you know, reassured me. Uh, I was doing Othello with uh, – Patrick Stewart some years ago, and he said, uh, you know, the, the the director, she's like, you're going to direct one day. I was like, wow, great, Jude, but can <laughs> you direct right now? 
How about that? But that's tomorrow. No, Let's worry about today. Exactly. <laughs> Can you just get us through this thing? <laughs> um, but people have always so you know it's coming around, and I've taught acting with my uh, mm-hmm. with my ex wife. How about that? Mm. You know we really get along. <laughs> you can sit in the room and teach somebody acting, uh, Sally Stewart, and uh, so. Yeah, it's always been there. Friends have always come to me and say, hey, man, can you help me with the scene? And I love it. I love it. You know what? The greatest thing we can do is be of service to others. Mm-hmm. We I need to that. help people understand that. that selflessness is the way to go. You want to feel really good? Help somebody. And it's so easy. I know. It's, like, it's, if people think, like, oh, man, I got to go out right, of my way. Right. It's going to take three hours <laughs> I don't have. You're like, it takes two seconds to open a door. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's the simple things. It's the little things. It's just open your heart. Just open your heart and let the kindness mm-hmm. do what it wants to do. That's exactly don't, right. Don't let the environment. Don't resist the, the kindness. Oh, boy. Tell me about it. You see so many people tied up in knots. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. Come on. <laughs> Let me pull that. <laughs> no, come on, come on. Let me, watch what happens when I pull this string. You got to be. Watch what happens when your heart opens. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. life. So, everything that you've been through, what do you consider your definition of success? Wow. Um, okay. It, it's a twofold thing um, inner peace and helping others. If if you take everything, look, this is a gift. Everybody can't do it. If everybody could, they would. So if you're given a gift and the and you maximize on that gift by helping others, that's that's the key. And then realizing that the definition of happiness was not outside of me mm-hmm. it was inside of me getting clarity on happiness for me is inner peace inner peace allows me to be my most giving to others that's to me that's success mm-hmm. because all the other stuff for me maybe not for someone else that's all just it's icing on a, an amazing mm-hmm. cake yeah. but it doesn't fulfill it's it doesn't fulfill mm-hmm. in the way that i thought mm-hmm. it, it's it's wonderful don't get yeah. me wrong i'm having a blast but if it was just all about that and chasing it in the way that, that i did mm-hmm. I, I wasn't happy mm-hmm. i wasn't happy i needed to be settled and at peace inside myself in order to appreciate this mm-hmm. you know that's I think because it is a gift. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I can tell you how I do it. Why am I compelled to do it? Who gave me that? Mm-hmm. Well, I know my Creator gave me that. Yeah. And to honor it, and, and it wasn't given to me just so I could look how good I am. <laughs> you see how good I am. You like me. People. You like me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was told that by my brother all those years ago. But from hearing it, saying it. But actually living it mm-hmm. was the whole journey right thus far, yep. you know. The, uh, before I get to the final question, I want to shout out to a person in the chat asked this. They said, you've done so much, uh, you know, varied work. Do you have a preference for comedy or drama? No. No, see, when, we, when we came up, when we were training with Robert Pemberton, we did, we had to do both. So just as I told you about Raising the Sun, picture me in The Odd Couple. Mm. As Felix Unger. <laughs> it happened. So learning Neil Simon and comedic timing, oh, yes, very much a part of the game. And then the other part of it is growing up <laughs> where I grew up, there were days we just didn't have anything else to do mm-hmm. but joke on each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's how you show you love each other. You talk crap to each other. So, yeah. So I love both. And I will continue to do both. And I, I think all the folks out there like Charlie Day and the boys from Always Sunny who, who gave me a chance to come in there just because they were they did enjoy The Wire. Like, mm-hmm. that's a serious actor. Who can't? Yeah. What? Well, we like him, so let him come in here. Yeah. Right. And then so when I was able to show that, oh, my God, he's funny. So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Final question, which I love to ask people, is in 50 or 75 years, if people look back on your life and your career and the work that you've done, what are two or three things that you want people to say? Chad Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was blank. He was kind, and he really cared about people, 
and he tried his best to help others. What's so? And 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 we had we had some heck of a laugh. <laughs> that you know, he made people's lives I mean, better. Hey man, listen. You know what? The guy came and and he he tried to help. He tried to help mm-hmm. this world be a better place, man. That's mm-hmm. the truth. I know it sounds it. big and corny, but that's just what we got. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Everyone you meet, you have an opportunity to share kindness. And that's it. It's, it's all it is. That's it's it. Not a big, yeah. You can do that. Yep. And if you do that and you just go through life, that's the path. Hey, man, wake up every you, day. Because you, you do it to one person, that person does it to the that's next person. And Domino that's, drops. Mm. Yeah, I wake up every day. I bring no harm to myself. I love myself. I n- love myself. It's not looking in the mirror going, look how pretty I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's nurturing myself. Yeah. You know, with the meditation and, and with the workouts and with the eating and, and with the love, just giving mm-hmm. love to people. And then I try to help the next person. If mm-hmm. you need me, I try to be there. That's the best I can do with it. And if, as long as I'm, that's how I'm actuating, everything else that comes, it's okay. But mm-hmm. who's meeting it? Who's the guy that's stepping up to what's coming? You know, Mm -hmm. that's the point. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming in, for sharing this knowledge, man. Hey, brother, I had a great time. appreciate you very much from point A with the first thing you said about faith. Uh, It's so real. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hopefully you guys learned a lot, too. Again, this is just, you know, Chad is just such a fighter, and I was so curious to talk with him. And I took so much from this. I mean, I've taken notes myself. (laughs) I definitely always throughout the week just go back, and I'm like, oh, man, you said that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, you said that's great. So hopefully you guys did the exact same thing. And if you did, again, use social media yeah. in, in a positive way. That's it. You much know, love, much love. Go follow Chad at Chad L. Coleman on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me at the Only MC on Twitter and Instagram and certainly the Popcorn Talk at the Popcorn Talk Twitter and Instagram. We are live every single Monday here on the Popcorn Talk for a new episode. Again, sharing these incredible stories that you never heard of the obstacles that people have overcome to inspire you to be able to help you reach your goals. And if you like that, be able to tell a friend we give this content to you guys for free just pass on that kindness it's so easy yeah takes one little action until next week we'll see you next time from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.